You're listening to the Thoroughbred Podcast, an elite business leadership podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to the Thoroughbred Podcast. I am John Wentworth, and I want to thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, thank you for subscribing and sharing our podcast and for giving us a five-star rating. I'm super jacked today to bring you. We actually took the show on the road today, and we're in an amazing studio, um, much better than our own. So uh, we're, we're very blessed and honored to welcome uh, Mr. Michael Fogith of Fogith Financial. What's up, brother? Living the dream, brother. Living the dream. <laughs> no doubt about it. So I think uh, for those of you that don't know uh, Michael Fogith, we met, how? That little home in Fenton that you had? Yeah. Yeah. I had uh, the very first house I ever bought. Uh, my wife and I, Brooke, bought that together. And then when we left Fenton and moved down here almost 10 years ago. Gosh, it's um, been that long. Yeah. We, we just decided to rent it out because the market wasn't the greatest. Right. We bought at the wrong time. And being a financial guy, you're... You're recognizing the market's going to come back, so we're just going to hold. Yep, going to hold. And it was, you know, it was a very, you know, inexpensive mortgage to carry. Right. And so, you know, I was I was netting money every year off of it, but it got to a point in the rental world where I I didn't want to be a landlord. Right. Right. Money, the, the numbers made sense. Right. But you know, Brooke and I looked at each other one day. And we're like, "Look, I'm just you know, got a phone call like, hey, my furnace stopped working.'" And it's like, "Man, <laughs> you know, I got kids, I got a life that I got to deal about. The last thing I want to do is have to run up to Fenton." And say, okay, how do I fix this? What's it going to cost? Time and, to sell that, sorry. Yeah. So, yep. So we sold it. You did a great job on that. I think we rocked that out in the, in the same weekend we listed it. So got that out of our hair, and then we've just been moving and rocking ever since. Well, you know, it's funny because a lot of people will say, for example, I mean, that was a $100,000 house, give or take, right? But I'll have people say that are in a $300,000 house, well, I think we'll just keep it and rent it out. And I, that always worries me a little bit because to rent a $300,000 house out is a whole lot different than trying to rent out... Uh, three one hundred thousand dollar houses. It's exactly right. And so I, I mean, I look at the house that we're in. Or I mean, we're in, we're in a real. I'm in a real estate like triangle right now. I think we have three houses, right? You know. <laughs> yes. And thank so, you for bringing me into that yeah, triangle. Yeah. Yeah. So so where where I'm at with that is I thought the same thing. Like the house that that we're eventually going to sell, right? It, it's I, I could turn a huge profit if I decided to rent that. But again, are we going to find somebody that's going to rent in that marketplace of where that's at? Probably not. And more importantly, do I want to deal with again the same things? It's not that's not my world. That's not where I'm right. Be. Exactly. So. Well, and we talked about you know focusing on what you're really good at. Chris and I just had the conversation on the way down. Like you know, too often inside of our businesses, I think we get uh, people doing a little bit of everything rather than being super dialed in and focused on what they're good at. So how how do you do that in your business? How do you because I think that's something that we have to focus on to take our business to the next level. And I do struggle with that. I think you know because we're always trying to do more. Yes, we're we're always you know we we use a phrase in our office called push the pace. We call it PTP. We're always saying hey push the pace, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep getting better at what you're doing. So I think that there's two things that we focus on here. So with our staff, we focus on unique abilities. So one of my one of one of these coaching groups that I belong to, they say focus on your unique. Wait a ability. minute, you're in a coaching group? I'm in about three right now, and I and, and exciting. I just got picked up and accepted into into another one. So, but you're super successful. Why do you need that? So you know, it, it, all right. So <laughs> this is I'll that's go, what I'll I go get, back. Right? Yes, I'll go back to your question because I, I do want to address that with unique ability. But here's here's something that I was listening to over the weekend from from, from uh, an influencer, a social media influencer. He says, was "Don't it John Wentworth." It was not John Wentworth. <laughs> no, it. it his, his thing was, don't practice until you get it right. Practice until you cannot get it wrong. That's a good one. And I, and I took, like, 
I, I listen to it like seven times before, and I still, every time I listen to it, I still get a different spin on it. Right. Right? And he related it to some of the best athletes in the world, right? This was a wrestler that was doing it, so I would give you references in the wrestling world that nobody would get. So take like a LeBron James, for example, right? Steph Curry. Do you think that he's just hitting those threes until, hey, I made one, I can now leave the gym? Right. No. They keep shooting until they cannot get it wrong. It's the same thing in the business world. Keep doing it until you can't get it wrong. Because my reality is, is you'll always get, you always can get something wrong. So you always want to get better. Right. And then you're just on autopilot once you hit that point, right? It, you got to keep getting better. That's why I say keep getting better. That's why I'm in four coaching classes because you, you can always be better. Well, there's no doubt. I mean, I get that all the time. Well, why are you going to coaching? Why are you going to here? Why are you going to there? And it's like, because if I'm just, I, I always feel like I'm trying to be a pass through for everybody on our team and in our business, right? So the more I learn, the more I can pass through to them. So really now as the team has grown, I kind of, I'm taking in this coaching and then I'm relaying this coaching to the team. So really that's, it's just growth. It's just about it's always exactly. wanting to be better. It's exactly right. And I, and I think that goes back to where your goals are, right? Yeah. So I started a, I, I now am coaching and mentoring myself. We're all across the country. We have between 15 to 20 people in our classroom right behind the studio here. We have like a I 20, saw some of that on social media. Yes. Good stuff. So we have a classroom back there. And so uh, this Thursday and Friday, we have 15 people from all over the country that are flying in. And they're going to go through and they're going to learn our process here in this office. So now I'm mentoring those people. Last month, we had 18 people here. So it, and you're these right. these people are looking to grow their business they're in a similar manner. They're looking to grow their business. And, and again, everybody's got different levels. So we just kind of break it down. If you want to go to this level, it's all a process, right? If you want to go to this level, how do you get there? Right. It's not rocket science, right? So you just you, you duplicate what the most successful people are doing. Right. It's all about a process and a system. Which yes. So let's back up. Who is Michael Fogith? How many children do you have? Because yes. I think that's a fun one. Yes. And just tell us, how did you get in the business? And how did you meet Brooke? And give yeah. us all that so, good so, personal so, stuff. So a little bit of background on life, right? So um, I'm married to my beautiful wife, Brooke. Uh, we'll be celebrating our, our uh, 10-year anniversary uh, next month. So we're going on a little vacation where we're going to be getting away from our five children. We have five daughters under the age of nine. And so that keeps us busy. That that I was going to try to really impress you today and, and just rattle off their names. And now I already know that I'm not going to be able to do it. So yeah, tell us their so, names. So I have Olivia. <laughs> Olivia is nine. She just turned nine. I have Layla seven. Sophia's five. Emma's three. And Amelia's one. And he counts on his hand while he does this. Yeah, so. I got I, I to gotta make sure that I'm, 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 I'm <laughs> That you I'm don't miss anybody. Yeah. Yeah. So I always tell people, you know, I always love when people say, oh, I'm really, really busy or I got this going on. I'm like, look, I, I get that, you know, times five, you know. Yep. And we were just talking about, you know, hey, Mother's Day, we had, you know, 15 different activities. You had, you know, 20 different activities. And so the kids keep us on our toes. So that is our life. That's my passion. Yeah. That's my why. Everyone says, why do you do it? It's because my family. You know what I mean? It, it allows me, by owning my business and, and, and continuing to grow and to be successful, I look at it, and I had this conversation with my wife, it's about buying time. Right this morning, I said, hey, John, I'm going to be 10 minutes late. My one daughter wasn't feeling good, so I ran to the health food store, grabbed some stuff, some supplements, and flew that home, got back here. You know, I was five, 10 minutes late, but my family got what they needed exactly. from me. You know what I mean? And that, exactly. that's my why. That's why. And I said that when I, when I went out and I opened my own business to kind of go back to that. Why did I do this? Because I wanted that time. So we kind of have that similarity, right? Because in your industry, you started, when you started in your industry, you worked for which company? I worked for a wholesaler in Southfield, Emmett Marketing. So I, okay. I worked down there and I learned the business kind of behind the scenes. I was the the, the product expert, right? I didn't have the, the consumer interface that I do now. Gotcha. I was business to business. 
So my first job in this industry was to train financial advisors on how to do their job. Well, then that's a good place to start, though, right? Because Phenomenal. everybody else wants to start at the front line. They want to be Michael Folgith before they did everything else to be Michael Folgith. And I think that's relative in our society in general right now, you know, with with everything being so available to everybody. They see the big, bright, shiny object. I always call it the finished product syndrome. So, like, they see me or Michael Folgith or whoever else they don't realize there was 15 years of work behind that. Right. Right. So absolutely. And, and that's what I tell people. It, it's a process. So when I'm training these advisors, it's the same thing. I mean, we break down how much business you're doing, how many employees should you have? What should your office look like? And as you continue to grow, here's how you phase up because people walk in here and they say, I can't do this. I say, you don't want to do this. Right, you can't, right. You, you, you're really, trying to start you, at the finished product. Right. So how do, how do you get to that? And where are the growing pains? And so so those are always the things. Is, can, can you eliminate the losses? Now, you can't get rid of them, but can you eliminate some of them along the way? Well, and that's what part of the coaching is, right? I mean, it's not just learning new things. It's also trying to avoid mistakes that others have made rather than trying to, you know, trying to reinvent the wheel. It's more of, okay... If, if I can have 15 people in the room with me telling me the mistakes they made, I can avoid almost all of them or hopefully all of them. And I think that's huge because that goes back to time. Absolutely. Now you're saving time. Absolutely. And, and that's why I wanted to do my business. So before I even had children, one of the things that was installed with me from my parents is my dad always took me to school every day. I had a bus system that would go by our house, but my dad would drop me off to school. I love that you're saying that because I take my kids every day. And so I'm just, I'm hoping, how old are you? I am 36. Oh my gosh, you're young. Um, I'm hoping that when my kids are 36, they say this to somebody. Yes. And they will, I'm sure. And so so when I was I was driving to Southfield, I said, and we started, I don't know, at 8.30 or 9. I was like, how in the world am I going to take my kids to school every day and be in their lives if I have to be in Southfield at this time? <laughs> so that didn't fit my big picture. So I knew where I wanted to go before I even got right. there. And so that's the thing for me. I've taken my children to school every single day. I go on every single field trip. Yes. It just, that's part of it. And so that's what I want. That's well, what I want. Well, because you life. put that in your schedule. Yes. All right. I mean, my schedule, someone asked me today, what, uh, where's the, where's your appointment at two? I said, I don't know. It's in my schedule. I'll look at it at one thirty and figure it out. <laughs> so Brooke and I just had a, had a conversation about that today. She says, you don't, you don't know where you're going to be at, at noon. I said, I have no idea. I know where I'm going to be in five minutes from now. Mm-hmm. And I'm five minutes late to get to my office, so I'll call you as soon as I get out of here. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like that's that's my vision is 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 right in front of me. I'm going to go out and just I'm going to excel. And, and if I'm behind, I know I got to push through this next hour to, because I got to make up five minutes or whatever it may be. And then as soon as I get out of that, it's okay. Now what do I need to do? We have schedules. I have assistant. We have all these things that can put us back on track to where we need to be. Well, and my wife will say that because she'll you know she'll fill my calendar with personal stuff. Uh, you know, uh, my assistant will fill it with obviously appointments, and and Jen will put something in my calendar like two months from now. And well, I don't ever look at my calendar two months in advance. I look at it the morning of because to me, if it's in my calendar, then it's real, and and that's how I you know that's how I go through the day, just based on what is next, taking yes. care of what's in front of me, and then what is next after that. That's that got me into trouble the, the planning ahead stuff. So what's changed my life in that sense was um, I brought on an assistant. I brought on somebody I've never had before. I never let somebody into my world. Right. Right. And so I brought her on and it's changed my life because they're looking ahead. Hey, we have a conflict two weeks from now. And there before, how would I find out about that? At the point of the conflict. conflict. Right. And now guess what that conflict has become? It's like pouring gasoline on, on, on the conflict. 
we are able to identify that, hey, let's move these things around before it happens because you, you don't want to put something into second place if you don't have to. What are some basic finance tips like for for the listener that is you know maybe starting to grow their business and because I know I waited way too long you know I think one thing that kind of happens it did for me and I think it does in general like you know we work really hard and our business starts to grow and then all of a sudden it takes off yes and you're like oh wow for three years I didn't do any investing I didn't do any saving what's a way that somebody can look ahead and just kind of maybe identify some basic uh, finance tips so so when I look at this for you know I talk to entrepreneurs all the time right? I, I have a little different mindset. I am okay with an entrepreneur investing into their business rather into their portfolio, if you will, right? Look, if you believe in what you're going to do and you're an entrepreneur for life, you will not get a better return than you will on yourself. Exactly. Right? So, hey, if, if you made an extra 100 grand or 10 grand or whatever it is, and you can pump that back into your business and get seven times the return, seven to one, ROI, there's nowhere in the marketplace that's going to get that. Right. Right? So from an entrepreneurial standpoint, I'm okay with that because you're right. Once it hits, now all of a sudden investing, you know, like I said, instead of putting in 10 grand a year, now you can do 100 grand a year and you're saying, hey, I couldn't have, I would have never imagined five years ago or three years ago or even a year ago that I could then do at this level. Right, exactly. When that time comes though, the biggest thing for me, and I tell everybody this, it's all about taxes with your, with your investments now. We're in, I see it, I deal mostly with folks that are in retirement or nearing retirement, and they're all coming into my office, and they have these 401ks and these IRAs, and they're ready to take the money out and spend it into their retirement years, and it's all taxable. So they're giving anywhere from 15 to 25% back to the government right out of the gate. So you look at a portfolio worth a million dollars, it's really only worth 750 because right. 25 goes to the IRS. So if you're going to invest now, do it in the most tax-advantageous ways. So you can do Roth taking IRAs. The, taking the tax savings pay it up now. front. Yes. No, 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 no. no. Pay, it pay the taxes today. Okay. Pay the taxes once. Because and then never they're going to be higher. Because th- I, I think they're going to be higher in the future, and your earnings going to be higher in the future. You could be 50, and the income that you're going to be making at 60 is going to be higher than it is at 50. So why wouldn't you pay taxes when you're 50 rather than when you're... So, that's my biggest thing I tell people, look, before you figure out, well, hey, what should I invest in this or that or this company or that company or this, whatever? No. Start with the basics. Hey, let's pay the taxes here. Let's put it in the most tax advantageous account. So when we grow our money, it's all tax-free. Well, you know, going back to to use, utilizing your money to make money, right? Um, I'll never forget my wife and I, and this was probably going back five years ago. We met and met, went, went and met with a financial advisor, someone that I knew personally in town. And uh, Jen was really focused on college, right? And Mr. Fred Hensler said to her, why do you want to take money away from John when he can make money with it and pay for college and you know earn that college? I can't do that, what he can do with it. And this was in regards to flipping houses, yes, right? So we're going back a while before our business really took off. I was flipping homes. And so it was just funny because you know I felt like I was going to get – uh, lambasted there, right? And instead, it went the other way, right? And and Jen reached over and just held my hand as if to say, "Okay, I get it." <laughs> right. So so the big thing is with that though is, is you have to make sure once that investment on yourself pays off, though, at some point it has to flow out. Then you're going on and now, yes. right? So now when the kids go to school, where's the money going to come from? So with me for my kids' school, for example, as soon as my kids are born, I set up an account for that. And I can just pump money into that. Again, it's all about tax savings. So when they get to be 18 or 20, the money's already ready to come out. I don't have to worry about it because 
you know, maybe one or two kids, it's a little bit easier. But for me, at five kids, boom, 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 right? No matter how well business is doing, I don't want to have to, I don't want to have to force myself to suck that much money out of oh, for sure. the business. For sure. So I set up an account right when they're born. So I know right where that's going to be. And that's, that's a big peace of mind. Yeah. Cause when those girls hit college, holy yeah. Toledo. Yes. And right after another. Well, talk about time. You know, you touched on it earlier, time in a day. We always hear people, there's not enough time in the day. Oh, I didn't have enough time to get it done. And, uh, you know, that's always kind of been something that irks me when people say that and never more so than when, because there's always more time. Right. There really is. There's always more time. So when we went from Remax to independent, I mean, you know, and that was kind of forced on us, I, I I developed a lot of extra time to devote to that. I mean, I was going all day and night, and you just realize there's so much more time. So how do you really manage that? To me, I know it's about my calendar, um, but but that balance, right? Because still, yes, there's always more time, but we have to provide balance for our families. So how do you do that? So I think there, there, there's two answers to that question. Number one, it's not about having time. It's about having priorities, Right. What are your priorities? That's what you're going to accomplish. This is what I always say. It's not about time management. It's choice management. That's exactly right. That's exactly it. So number one, it's setting your priorities. And number two, another mentor of mine says, be where your feet are. And yes. I've said that before. You've told right? me that. I love that. I, and I, I'm, I'm not the greatest at it. I want to be better and a better. Again, you want to get better. You want to get better. Um, you know, I'm looking at, at one of these, these um, elite masterminds that I was just accepted into. And the next quarterly event that they have is when my daughter has a weekend softball tournament. Ouch. Right? So I haven't come to that conclusion. And I, and I talked to him there. And I was like, hey, I, 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 I thank you for, for accepting me here. I paid the money to be in there, right? Big check that I had to write. Right. And they're like, well, our first meeting's here. And, and more to the story is, is, is we just canceled the family vacation in Traverse City. We we're going to go up to Traverse City for two weeks. We canceled that because we we're supposed to be home for the softball tournament. Now for me to say, hey, we canceled the family vacation, but I'm going to leave. Right. That it doesn't puts fly. you in a bad spot. Yeah. And so we, we talked about that. So it might be one of those things where I'm just going to fly in for maybe 24 hours. I'm going to make it a priority to catch a red eye back. Right. No sleep and show up to the first bolter. I don't know. I haven't, you know, I haven't got to remember we're talking about, right? Oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm yeah. focused today, right now. I got to look at now. I got to look at, you know, the middle of July. I'm not there yet. But when those times come, you're going to have to make those priority choices. You have to make those things. But in the moment, just be where your feet are. You know yeah. what I mean? Social media is, is kind of a blessing and a curse at the same time. Oh, for sure. If you're using it to be proactive in bettering yourself or your business, great. But if it's a just a time waster, hey, you know what is? I wonder what Sally did today. What is her post updated? Sally, and, Sally right, actually sold the house yesterday. Right, there you go. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. You know what I mean? But what are all these people? That, we don't. We don't. Do we really need that, or no. do we need to be with our children we and with to, our wives? No doubt about it. Right. That. Let's talk about. And we talked about this before. You know, we talked about our journeys, our personal journeys, and you know, in in our faith. And I think we both kind of, we don't boastfully or um, flamboyantly bring it into the workplace, but it does exist in our workplace. Uh, it does for me, for sure. I think I shared with you before, you know, somebody said, you should be careful uh, on your video because the cross was in the video. And I said, it's going to stay there, right? I mean, right. I, I, I didn't intend for it to be there, but it is there every single day. And if it's there, it's there. Right. So uh, do you ever run across that where you, you kind of feel like you're in a situation where you're unsure if you want to share those things. No, because I'm not going to alter my faith for somebody. And again, 
you're kind of, I'm at a luxury, you're at a luxury now to where um, the people that you're going to decide to work with, you can choose. Yes. Right? Yes. And, and so I do these work, I do these all the time with my team. Who's our ideal client? Who's our avatar? Who's our client? avatar? Yes. Right? And, and, and is it, look, there's nothing wrong with somebody who's been divorced 10 times, right? And, and they Especially made. Especially in my industry. Right. And, 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 <laughs> but they, and, and they, made, they made their money in a, in a questionable fashion, right? But they come in and they say, hey, we want to invest it. We might not fit. Right. That's okay, right? We, you look at your client base and all of a sudden, again, family, faith, a lot of people from church. How did that happen? I'm not telling people. I don't say, hey, I'm doing a workshop at my church. We, we, that's not what we do. But it comes across with who we are. They see you. Where do they right. mostly see you at, right? Well, all of a sudden they see you at, at these functions and this and They know who you are. And let's talk about that. And that's the person you're going to attract. Well, and I feel like too, I mean, you know, it gives us the opportunity, gives us the platform to share that, right? And to and to bring people to to maybe that are already filled, you know, I think that everybody's got some faith in them. But, you know, sometimes I feel like it's they're suppressing it. Sometimes their jobs, I think, make them suppress it. Right. And so for me, it's just let's let's. I want people to know that it's okay to just be who you are. And you said, yes, you know, we're, we built our business, so we're already a little bit established. But we never want to detour from who we no, are as people. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And so even even those those people that, that are starting off, I, I tell them, and I've always done this myself, I from day one, I operated my practice as if I was already where I'm at now and growing. So I've never, I've never altered who I am. There's, there, I, look, we're not going to accept somebody just because they have more money than next. We have no limits. We'll accept somebody. I have clients that their children invest $100 a month with us. I'm Like, you don't have a minimum? No, because that person needs me just as much as the guy with $16 million that we're working with. It doesn't. I, I love matter. that because same with our business, you know, it's like when it comes to marketing homes, you know, we do all this, you've, you're doing a Matterport of your office today. We do Matterports of our listings. I didn't know that's what's called by the way. Yeah. Matterport. Okay. And, and so we do the same, you know, I mean, there's different tactics in marketing different homes, but we don't say, oh, well that home is only a hundred thousand. So we're not going to do the professional photos and the professional Matterport and all those other things. We do whatever it takes for each property because those people need us the same. And I think that's, you know, that's that part of trying to put your best foot forward and the best product forward for the consumer. Let's talk about real estate real quick because yes. we just had a transaction. Yes. And, uh, you know, yeah. first of all, thank you for your business. Thank you for your trust. Thank you for um, riding that roller coaster with me. You know, the difficult thing for me in real estate is let's count how many people are involved in a transaction, right? So you've got myself, the other realtor, a buyer and a seller. So now we're at four, yep. two title companies, six, lender, seven, Appraiser eight, inspector nine. I don't know what else can we throw in there. Uh, I, I think the whole person's <laughs> office, right? <laughs> right. And so it's just, I mean, there's a lot of moving pieces, and I, that always kind of that's one of the things that is difficult for me because you can't control all of that. No, like we just went through, right? Lots of crazy stuff. Um, what do you see in the real estate industry from from the consumer point? So I, I think that this is across the board, okay? You've been doing this long enough. If you can educate your consumer what will happen before it happens, we're comfortable, okay? There's always going to be surprises. And so if you can educate your consumer, hey, this may or may not happen. You've been down this road. You've done enough transactions. Nothing should surprise you. 
Will something happen that's never happened before? Absolutely. That, that That's just life, right? But you you know how to adapt to that in a positive way. It's all about how you respond. Well, and I think, too, for us, we, like you said, we do so many transactions that sometimes we we forget that the consumer doesn't. Yes. Right? And, yes. I, and I think that's all businesses have, have that, uh, I don't want to call it a flaw, but we just have to be aware of that. That It's part of the process, right? And so what, what, what I, I identified that here, because I do, I take for granted, this is, I'm just going to do what I'm doing. We're moving so fast and, and then we're, we're ready to help the next person. Well, you can't forget about the other people that you've helped. So then what ends up happening is you have to build a team around you. And so we've changed our process. After we, 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 we do a transaction with a client, we help a client change things. I bring somebody in from my office that will walk them through the next steps. You don't need to put the sign in the yard. No. You, but somebody's going to walk them through. And then, and then there's another team member that can come through and say, okay, now we're at this phase. Here's what it will look like. And because that team member does it all the time, right? In your office. Right, same thing. It, it, I, I was end up, you know, I was texting an email with Brooke in your office. I, I, I didn't need to go to you because that's not your unique ability. We talked oh, about heck that, no, right? You don't, wanna, you don't want to call me about paperwork. That's what I, right. So, <laughs> so we know that it's the same thing. Could you have helped me? Sure, but I know I would have got it done a little bit more efficiently, no offense, with no, somebody sure. that does it every single exactly, day. Exactly, because that's her gig, right? That's what she's focused on. It's funny because another thing Chris and I were talking about on the way here is, you know, inside of the office, and we already touched on this, you know, having too many people doing too many things. And, and Brooke is ultra efficient because she is really the only person in our office that has one task. And so she just rocks it all day long. She doesn't even have to think about it. It's she's on autopilot. Yes. So now I've identified I need to get some more people dialed in that yes. in that in that manner. Absolutely. We're doing that right now in our office. We we were going to look at bringing in one role, right? So we started doing interviews. Lisa and Alex in my office were doing these interviews, and then like we're two weeks into this interview process, and we're like, wait, let's pull an audible. I think that our our, our structure of our office would work better if we did this. So we're looking, we're in the process of looking at restructuring things because we think that there's internal people that would succeed in other areas rather than bringing somebody from external. So always look, I always say, look at unique abilities. What is, what is somebody's God-given talent? And, and then just, then triple just down. let them just run with it, even though it's the last two people I've hired in this office interviewed for a different role than they're actually in right now. That's awesome. And, and, and because I, that's awesome to be able to identify that and to say, look, I like you. I think you would be good. I just don't know that this is the right place. What about here? Yes. Did exactly they, right. do you, do you get pushback on that? Do they feel um, like, oh my gosh, I don't, that's not I think they think I'm crazy. Yeah. Are they really do. Right? I mean, they're like, Hey, I'm here for this job. Wait, what do we, what do you mean? You want me to do this one? I said, well, the last 10 minutes, I'm, I'm a pretty good judge of people. I think that you would be a lot better fit and more importantly, be happier yeah. to do this instead of what you think you're interviewing for right now. I had a gal, I, I sat with her last week, in fact. She came in, um, she is a realtor, came in to hire on our team as a realtor, and all she talked about the entire time was marketing. And, and I had seen some of the marketing that she was doing. Um, and, and then at the same time, other conflicts that were really holding her back from being able to sell. And so I said, well, do you want a marketing position? Because we're looking for that. And so it's just really interesting. But th you're right. You've got to be able to identify that inside of the room and then also uh, have the gumption to share it with them, right? Yes. Because I could have just hired her as a realtor. Um, she would have done okay, I'm sure. But I don't think that that's where her passion was. When, when she spoke about selling real estate, she wasn't excited. 
when she spoke about marketing, she got really excited. Yes. And so to be able to identify that and also, well, it's like anything else, right? I think that in life, we have to be able to adapt in the moment. Absolutely. I think that's what makes somebody a very elite business person. I, I completely agree because there, there, there's no two transactions that are the same. Oh, right? for sure. You know, go back to our, the, the one that we were in. I thought thought that deal was done 10 times over. The house before that, that we thought we were going to buy, you know, on the, what was it over the vlog that we actually did that negotiation in the other conference room. That house didn't go through because the homeowners association wouldn't do something. And we all, even the guy that we were buying from, his family said, hey, oh, that's a no brainer. I'm on the board. We'll get yeah, that approved. Yeah. This is a done deal. And we're like, great. We hired movers to come and all this stuff. We had everything lined up to go to this other house. And the homeowners association says, again, throw that into the mix of people, sure, right? Sure. I mean, the list can go on and on and on and on. Do you have, because I know our list is super, super extensive. For running your business, is it that extensive also? Like, I know you have different, you know, people on your team that do different things. In real estate, there's so many people that aren't on your team that are doing their own thing. And maybe they haven't been coached properly or they haven't been trained or or they don't have mentorship. So I feel I feel like in your industry with your clients you can control that a little bit more. We can except for the one variable that is that a lot of people don't look at. Every client that we are fortunate enough to work with that come on board with us, we have to take from somebody else. Ah. Because they're already somewhere. They're already somewhere. And even if they don't have a financial advisor, the financial advisor is technically themselves because they may be managing it on their own. So they either have to leave themselves of saying, hey, I now will give up control. Right. Right. Which is which is harder a lot of times than somebody that says, I mean, I can give you every student of the sun. I have uh, their neighbor's son with 40 years that they've worked with. Right. And they move their money over. That's awkward. Yeah, we have family members. There, we've had their children. I, I, we just I feel bad when I change accountants. Right. So, <laughs> so we had, we had it. We had it was their, it was their son took a job, was working, and, and it wasn't working for them. They left their son. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's everything. So if you can provide enough value and give them again the the, the reason that look, this is going to be that much better. So that's a big, that's the hardest thing for us is sometimes. We can show them and we can build everything for them. And everything that we do in this office is for the client-driven, client-driven, client-driven. Everything is in their best interest, right? They still have to leave where they are at. So I think that that, and again, so we've identified that as part of this process. So then what we will then do is have an opportunity to coach them. This is going to happen. So I just think it's all about if you can coach them and, and because you know, I wrote this in, in the last book that I did. I will retire somewhere around 200 times this year. Well, what does that mean? I'm helping north of 200 people per year accomplish their retirement goals. That's pretty awesome. And how many times should somebody really retire? Once. once. So they do it once. I do it 200 times plus a year. So you get good at retiring. I get great at <laughs> how did you? How did yeah. you even make it to work today? Yeah. <laughs> late. I was late. So... You know, th- that's the thing is, is you just, you have to share with them what's going to happen because it's all about being comfortable. And, and, you know, I mean, talk about emotion. I mean, you're in a very emotional business. Oh, for sure. Right? For sure. I mean, we, we were, we were, we're building our dream home, right? Our forever home. And, and, and it's, it's an emotional process. We're leaving a house that, that, that four of our five children were born into and there's memories in there, right? I think that's what happened with the people we bought the house from. 
right? Yeah, probably they they, so. They never even got a for sale sign in the yard. We didn't. You, you're like, hey, do you like it? I was like, sure, great. Me and my wife and I kind of joke about this, but like, we, we kind of forgot what what we're, we're going into because we walked through the house once. Right. right? Exactly. But well, that day was so it funny was because Tony was with us, right? Tony had ridden down with me, and and we're just in the driveway, and he says, "Yeah, buy it." This is what Mike shares with me. Yeah, we like it. Buy it. Didn't say offer this and then offer that. He just he just trusted, put his trust in me and said, "Go buy it for us." And so I started the negotiations and we shut it down very quickly. And I think that uh, we did well. But I love that when people, because people will always ask me. Let's say, for example, I have a seller and we get an offer on their home, and they will say, "Well, what should we counter at?" And I say, "I don't know." And they'll say, "What do you mean you don't know? You're the realtor." I say, "Well." Unless you tell me like what is your bottom line, I don't know how to counter. And and so I love when people share that with me and just allow me to do what I do well, which is act in the moment as opposed to put together this huge synopsis of what ifs. Um, and so and I love that. So thank you for that because that that allowed us, I really believe, to secure that house at that number. Absolutely, it it did. I mean, it, it caught them off guard, and then we had to get creative along the way, right? And we just had to adapt to the situation. I mean, it's one of those things. I say this saying a lot. You know, I say you can or you can't. Either way, you're right. There you go. I like that one. Right? Can or you can't. Either way, you're right. So those are things that you just want to look at. And we knew what we wanted, and we just had to be the most creative to get the job done. That's all. Tips. How about like tips for our listeners maybe that are in that everyone wants to be an entrepreneur right now, right? I mean, that's like such a sexy word. That's what everybody talks about. I mean, Mike and I actually went to see Gary Vee in Miami and by chance ended up on the same plane, yes. which was pretty cool. And he taught me all about American Express and how to utilize it. Thank you for that. Um, but that was really a great event. And, you know, and, and I think Gary's one of those guys and there's other people that, you know, this entrepreneurial thought process. And so what are books or tips, um, things to inspire there that have inspired you to kind of continue that, that learning process for somebody that can't j- join a, you know, a very exclusive mastermind group? Well, it, it's really cheap right now because there's a lot of advice out there. And I think that if you follow two, two tips, I would say is follow industry that you want to go into, right? Who, who are the, the influencers and the leaders in that industry, but also go outside. So tip number two is, 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 is go outside of your industry and follow. An entrepreneur is, is an entrepreneur, a business leader, right? You're going to be a business owner or a business leader. I look at a lot of businesses, you know, that are popping up around. Nothing nothing wrong with them, but I just look at them. Is that, that's not is a that business gonna... leader, right? And that's okay. You know, that, that that's okay. When I remember somebody, when I, when I was coming up and they were a manager uh, of me and and. I, I was compared to, to to other people in the office and says they were they will never be you and you will never be them and that's okay but you need each other to be successful and and I didn't understand that at the time but years later I now get it that not everybody can be the same thing you can't you can't have a a an office or a community full of business leaders because who's helping that leader lead and if everybody in your office is not paper oriented, right? For example, right, right. then what happens? All of our deals are going to fall through because nobody checked box four, <laughs> right? Cause they're already on box six. Exactly. So you have to have that balance. So, so find people that you can surround yourself with that will make you better. 
Yes. I think that's a big one. I think, you know, for me, um, even for people on our team, you know, I will say to them, you know, just look at your surroundings. Who are you spending your time with? Um, you know, are, are you putting yourself in a position to to reflect on yourself, to reflect on your day, to learn from what you're doing right and wrong? And also the people around you, are they doing the same thing? And are they the right sphere of influence for you? Absolutely. And, and, and where do you want to be, Right. There's, there's so many different free resources out there of setting goals, right? If you want to be this, get back to the question, if you want to be an entrepreneur, what is it that you really want? Yeah, great point. I mean, I didn't start out with that in mind, right? I, I just needed to eat, yes. I mean, truly. And, that, and that's fine, right? So someone say, hey, I, I just don't want to do what I'm doing because I'm not happy, so I want to do something else. That's fine. But are you evolving and adapting along the way? You're three months in, now you're eating, now what? Now what? Exactly. It's not the same goal. Look, you don't need to worry about eating anymore, right? What do we do next? How do we get better? But if you stopped at, hey, there's food on the table, I'm done. I'm content. If you're not, gr- I would say, if you're not growing, you're dying. Yes. People say, all right, when are you going to stop? I say, I don't, I, I don't know. What's your number? More. More. Well, that that's with our team too. You know, I think inside of our team, they say, oh my gosh, more, more, more. Why? And for me, I'm just driven to to help the next person that was eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches not eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. So I think that we get to a point where, and and you're in the same position now, right? It's not just about us. It's about our clients and our staff. I mean, I've basically got 25 mouths to feed. Yes. And that's what motivates me and keeps me going every day. Absolutely. So, you know, the the other thing that that I identified uh, took me a while. I'm not a manager of people. So when I hired a manager, my number one focus, my number one priority is my clients. And, and that was hurting my business because my attention, my passion, my everything went into my clients. So who took second place every time? My staff. So as soon as I hired a manager to put my staff number one. Number one in the manager's book. And yes, you can stay number and I one. stay number one with my clients. My clients, I mean, you, you can ask my staff, I email seven days a week, 24 hours a day about a client. That's, that's where my, Hey, do this for so-and-so. I was thinking about this over, do this, do that. And and it just, that's, that's where my passion comes. If I look at a a, a ranking, most important to me is my clients. Well, and it shows, but I have to have somebody that's going to put all the people in our office as a priority because I have three people to do that. I think I need one. Yes, (laughs) you you, you do. You you need someone because they need to know who to go to. Who's that person that they can go to, to, to kind of help things out. Well, the thoroughbred podcast, right? So this all started with, I love thoroughbreds, right? I own thoroughbreds. I'm very passionate about that. Uh, but but Chris came up with the idea because the secondary meaning to this is an elite or first class person. What does that mean to you? Because for me, and I always share this is, you know, people will often say to me, oh, do you know so-and-so? He's got so much money. And I'll say, I don't give a shit. What, if, I don't care what kind of money he has. Right. Is he a good person first and foremost? Right. So what does that mean to you, an elite or first-class person? You know, it, I think it's easy with kids to relate to this. And, and in my mind, I always think to myself, would I trust this person with my kids? Ooh, that's a good one. Because my kids are my everything. Yeah. I, I protect, especially being a, a father of all daughters. Uh, it, it, you know, I've toyed with the fact, and my wife and I joke about this, you know, when they get older, I'm going to hire a 24-7 bodyguard just going to follow <laughs> them around. Like that's, and she's like, you know, you can't do it. I was like, no, I'm seriously contemplating doing it. I think it's, it's reasonable, you, you right? You can do that. I think it's reasonable. I know where they're at all times. But, but that, that's, that's my, there, there's nothing in this world. I, I would sacrifice my everything 
to protect my kids, right? So would I would I allow my kids to ride in your car to go to an event? That I love that. I love that. It's kind of like that everything around it. I don't need to think about who they are, what they did, or what they had for lunch, or where were they raised or this. Did I get to know them as a person? And would I trust them with my kids? Yeah. That's, I mean, it really is that simple. I love that one because, I, you know, as I mentioned, I drive the Rocco and Delia to school every day. And Mia Medawar, which is one of their friends and a good friend of mine, Ryan Medawar's daughter, they live right down the road. And so, you know, we try to pick her up once a week. And in that moment, you know, to go up to the door and get her, I know there's a lot of trust there. And, and I embrace that. I love that. And then, you know, Ronnie will come pick our kids up too. And I don't have to think about because I trust him so much. Right. So that's a beautiful, I think that's awesome. Yes. You know, and, and, and I always looked, you know, when I became a father for the first time, one of my mentors said, you know, we were talking, he's like, Hey, do you know that you only have one job as a father for your kids? I'm going, sweet. This guy's going to give me the keys to the castle. (laughs) You know, he had five kids, right? He's like, all right, this is awesome. It's like, I got it all figured out. This guy's going to teach me. He goes, you only have one job. That's get your kids into heaven. Wow. And, and again, one of those one liners that, do you really know what it means? And you kind of, you know, and I blew my mind. I'm going, wait, what do you, what do you mean? Right. And then it just, it, it stays with you and you just keep growing and keep growing and keep growing and keep growing. And, and it's just like, I, I think I get it, but I don't get it. So I'm going to keep getting better at making sure that they get into heaven. Right. And they know God and they know they have that foundation. They're doing all these things like that. That's it. Well, and, and so let's talk about that for a moment because, you know, again, I found my faith journey just five years ago. Prior to that, I, I did not have God in my life. And so it's like I went into a men's retreat as, you know, John Wentworth, and then I came out as a different person, and my wife was kind of like, who are you, right? Um, but she knew it would have that impact on me. And, uh, and it's emotional, you know, because I remember leaving there, and uh, Rocco, who is a wild and crazy eight-year-old, you know, at the time was four. And one of the things that I shared on that, on that retreat is that Rocco and I always kind of just, we're oil and water, right? Because he's wild and crazy just as I was. And uh, I learned so much on that weekend about my children. And it wasn't about me trying to get them to change. It was me changing for them. And that was a huge revelation. And it was Instantly, uh, that relationship with, especially Rocco, changed. Delia, my daughter, I mean, she's she's my, uh, you know, she's daddy's girl, and and so we're 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 water and water. Yes, kids kids will teach you more about life, I think, than you will teach them. That's that's my take. I mean, I remember my oldest daughter Olivia. She was about one and a half, maybe two. She's getting ready to go walk up the stairs in the, in, in the house that we're in. And for me across the room, I was kind of raised, my dad's one of 13, and and yelling was just communicating. It was talking. There was nothing, it wasn't like you were mad, bad, or in trouble. So I yell at her kind of with a deep voice like, hey, you know, don't go up there. She turns around and looks at me and starts crying. Oh. And I look at my wife, I'm like, what the heck just happened? Like, why, why is she crying? Did she step on a nail? Or like, what the heck happened? And she's like, you cannot you cannot talk to her that way. She's, she's, she's a soft and gentle soul. Like... And then it kind of gets back to, and I won't go down this, but you know, it's that love language, that book, you know, the seven love yep, languages. Like, yep. what is your child's love? It's a way to communicate people to get the message across because that's different to, to each and every one of your children. So it's the same thing. Like, how do you communicate to your kids, right? And so, I mean, I think that that's a whole other separate topic, but the way that you can communicate them is, is going to reflect differently 
with each child. With each child. For sure. Yes. Well, and I think that there there's so many things that we do, you know, talking about getting our children to heaven. There's so many things that we do that we don't realize the impact on them, you know, both positive and negative. Yes. And and it's easy to when when one of the positive things happens or creeps up to celebrate it, but then it also reminds me to reflect like, wow, if they really got that what are the other things that they're getting that maybe aren't so positive just in a day to day, right? I mean, none of us are perfect, no. you know, and, and we're growing and trying to learn every day. But one of the things that I do when I drive them to school and they go to a, to a Catholic school is uh, I pray in the morning. We pull the car over and we say a little prayer, right? Yes. And, you know, again, coming out of that retreat, you know, now I'm like, okay, I'm praying every night, doing all these things with them. And they're all like, okay. But you're doing these things and you don't realize the impact until one day you forget to pray. And daddy, daddy, you pull over. We forgot to pray. Right. And that's when you realize that, that the impact that we're having on them. And I just think that's beautiful. Get them to heaven. Yes. It, it lays the foundation for them, right? Yeah. It lays the foundation for them. And I, and I think that if you can be a positive influence on your, you know, at some point, I you know I don't want to think this, but at some point your children are going to grow up. No. And they're going to go, right? And they're going to go out and they're going to be on their own where you can't Well, they'll have a bodyguard, though. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping, right? <laughs> that's what I'm hoping. But they're, 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 they're going to be somewhere where they're going to be in, in a situation in life where they have to make a choice to go left or to go right, to go right or to go wrong, and I'm not going to be there. My wife's not going to be there. And so have we laid enough of a foundation for them to go right instead of go to go left or to go? And so it all gets back to the foundational work that you're going to do with them and, and being there. Right. And, and every single mentor that you talk to, they all say the same thing. If I could go back, I would spend more time with my kids or my family. I've never met one person says, man, I spent way too much time with my wife and kids. I wish I could go back and do more deals. That doesn't happen. Right. No, that's so a great point. If they all say that. Right. I, and I hear it loud and clear. There's no such thing as too much time with your wife and your kids. So. That's a priority to me. It's it's a hard as a business leader, as an yeah, elite, yeah, right? For sure. You have all these other people that are dependent on you. So how do you balance that? There's no right or wrong answer. Just as long as you got better than you did the day before, if you are where your feet are, and, and, you, and you give them that priority at that set time and just go. Well, and I feel like sometimes too, you know, when I get involved with, um, you know, for example, the Whaley children in Flint, you know, um, that's kind of dear to my heart. Um, and when I look at that, okay, do I want to start spending a bunch of time there? Because now, I mean, it's a great thing, but it is the right time in my life, right? So this is kind of about having the ability to say, no, it's not the right time. Because if I'm working all of these hours and then my free time is spent there and not at home, you know, I struggle with that a little bit because is that the right choice? You want to do, I mean, I think that's the thing about people like us. We want to do everything. Yes. We want to be able to do everything. Yes. And you just can't always do everything. You can't. And it gets you in trouble. You know, it does because if it gets back to what we talked about a little while ago, it's the priority, right? These things are important to me, but I have a choice to go to my daughter's activity or to another fundraising event. Yes. Right? what's the priority? I don't have time. You're right. You don't have time to do both. You can't. You've got to pick one. You have to pick one. So if if you can, you know, there's two ways that you can be there. When, when you have time, give time. But when you can, and that's still a priority to you, to you to whatever the, 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 it may be, then write a check. Send somebody from your office. Ooh, I like that. Right? I mean, yeah. I, we do that all the time. You can ask somebody in here. We pick a charity each and every month. And I will not just write a check. Because we did that last year, and I was like, 
I felt empty, right? I mean, my bank account was empty, but it was also, right? I yeah. said, that's not fun. What are we passionate about? Each and every month they can come to me and say, hey, I'm passionate about this. Great. How are we going to get plugged in and lead from the middle with that? And then I'll write the check. Right, rather than just writing the check. Right. Because that gets old, and there's there's no oomph behind it. There's right? nothing behind it. And, and I think that, that, that we can take a lot more out of it. So now when we do a charity a month, what is it? How are we getting behind it? And, and what is the impact? And everybody has it because everybody has different passions. Sure. Right? To me, I'm, I'm, I'm very similar to you. My, my passion is, is, is helping children, those that are less fortunate. Right? So I look at those things as if, if, if I had a choice to give all of my money to, I would make something like that right? There's other people here that have different passions, right? So how do we get behind that and lead from the middle to, to, to make an impact? I love that. I think that's a great idea to get what are what is the people on the team, what are they passionate about also? Because that's how you're going to get the buy-in from them. That's right? exactly right. So now they're going to show up to XYZ event with the check from from you, right? We have, we have one of those big fancy checks that oh, you yeah. get a picture oh, with, yeah. right? So you you, you can get that side of it because, look, you're writing a check that not a lot of other people can do. So so there should be some recognition sometimes for that. Sometimes you don't have to. For sure. For but sure. now you have the whole team behind you. They have the company shirts on and everything's great, great, great. We're having fun. It's also a team builder. Yeah, for sure. Right? So we have those opportunities. And now you are in two places at once, right? You're at your kid's event and your company is over here providing a value to whatever is a priority to you also. Yeah, I think that's a great idea, a great way to look at that. Guys, I want to say thank you to Michael Fogath, brother man. That's uh, just, it's a pleasure to know you. Uh, you are a mentor to me. You know, I look at what you do and, and running with your family and know that I always have more in me to to give my wife and, and my kids. Uh, I appreciate your, your conversation when we talk about God and, and just kind of where that leads us in life. And uh, so I just, uh, big shout out to Michael Fogath. Fogath Financial, we're in Brighton, Michigan. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Mike, take us out leave you with this continue to practice until you do not get it wrong